And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 174, uh, aka season two, episode 42. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since we're doing this show once again together this Saturday morning, uh, we give you those call in numbers 303 335 9527 or 303 835 1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so what is going on with you this week, MC? Uh, well, uh, last week I, I went to uh, a PSI seminar. It's P-S-I. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun and uh, emotional and all that stuff. But um, I wanted to share with you my experience that I, that I had um, afterwards. Um, so one of the things that that we learn to do uh, in, in the in the seminar is a little bit of med- meditation. Um, so I was uh, getting ready for bed. Me and my girlfriend were just sitting in bed, and I was meditating. And while I was meditating, I was talking to my girlfriend, and she asked me about the seminar and and what I learned. And I was halfway joking. But I told her that they taught me how to be psychic and re- read minds, and <laughs> and so she said, "Well, okay, uh, what am I what am I thinking now?" And without any hesitation and anything, I just I just opened my eyes and I looked at her and I said, "Blue." And she thought about it for a second. She said, "Well, not quite. I was thinking of sky." And then she said, "No way." Of course, because the sky is blue. <laughs> yeah, exactly, appears to be blue. So, so she was she was blown away, and uh, and I was laughing, and uh, but yeah. So I don't know if it's really true or not. You know, I'm sure she was like in her head, she was visualizing a blue sky. Maybe I tapped into that, or or maybe I just picked blue because it was on a movie. <laughs> right. So ha- having done the same seminar, I'm I'm probably one of the more skeptical members of that community um, when it comes to like the actual topics that they cover. And I allow certain uh, considerations when discussing those aspects of it. Um, but one of the, the you know, uh, me and my wife invited you to the seminar um, a while back. So we're, we're both glad that you've, you know, finally decided to take it for, for whatever reason, right? Your personal reasons are personal reasons, so I don't have to get into that. Um, but one of the things I remember telling you about it off air was, um, number one, that it can help you find a little bit of direction, um, you know, in, in your, in the current stage of your life. But also, more importantly, um, it is my personal opinion that some of the, uh, some of the, ideas covered in the seminar uh, lead to an anarchist mindset or a libertarian thought process Um, and it's unfortunate that more of us aren't in those classes because despite the teachings right everyone interprets it differently Um, and a lot of the other like you know side graduates or community members um, still don't understand uh, personal responsibility um, and like self-ownership, right? Because they, they cover it a lot. It's like take responsibility for your own life and what can you do differently in your own life? And then I see them post on Facebook about how, how excited they are uh, about uh, voting for the next candidate or whatever. And then one of my other Facebook friends who's like a member of the you know that community uh, is like running for office, right? He's like, can I count on your support? And I'm like, no, <laughs> not in the slightest because clearly clearly we and have different interpretations of that message i think that there's a a, a a big disconnect between how they see politics and how you see it um so for them it's like that candidate is like a representation of of like all the good in the world right they they haven't separated two i mean it's 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 complete bullshit but you know there's people that think oh well you know and like the whole trump russia thing it's not about russia it's not about russia at all right just because they don't like trump so yeah and and that's why they go along with it and 
you know, nobody would like if Clinton won, nobody would be talking about about Russia right now. Well, they might be, but it it would be in praise of Clinton, you know, coming to terms and coming to the table with Russia. Like it would be the same if even if she was doing the same thing as Trump, uh, they would spin it differently, right? It would be a good right. thing all of a sudden. Um, even even to the point where I saw I was uh, you know uh, bumbling about Facebook this morning, just you know because I had I woke up too early and I had nothing important to do besides get ready for this, um, and it was like you know the the Politifacts fact checker, right? It was you know the the source of of validation of what is fake and what is you know what is real news right just like um oh man what's the other one the other big snopes right you have right. all these like uh, uh news verification services available and um the headline you know the 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 headline that they were trying to verify was bernie sanders said something to the effect that like um amazon doesn't pay any any taxes right like Am- Amazon does not pay any taxes. Um, and that's, you know, whatever, you know, uh, and so the PolitiFacts, because Bernie Sanders said it, uh, PolitiFacts goes like, true, Amazon does not pay any taxes. Right. And then they have a, tr- a quote from Trump. Um, and it said something to the effects that like Amazon is a zero tax monopoly. Um, and then, you know, the, what does PolitiFact say about that? Well, that's liar, liar, pants on fire, right? Kind of a thing it was a pants <laughs> on fire thing. So they're, 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 they're saying the same message. They're producing the same message, right? That Amazon, for whatever reason, right, is able to get out of paying, uh, federal taxes and fucking good on Amazon, right? Like no problem with that for me at all. Um, I, I don't hold it against them. I go, well, how the hell do I do that then? Um, and and but it's just the 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 biased right and I, it's not even like I, I hear myself talking right now and once again it sounds like i'm coming to the defense of trump which i don't want to do like i don't i don't like most of the stuff that he does but credit where credit is due sometimes um but they, it's always like there's always a spin in the media so yeah the the those those members might see you know the 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 great candidate as the be all end all. Um, but still they're like, they're delegating, they're delegating their personal responsibility to what I would consider, um, to be, you know, a thief or an extortionist or something to that effect. So I've always wanted more anarchists. Go ahead. You're, you're, uh, you're making a little bit of an assumption there. So it's, it's more like they view the politician as an extension of themselves. And so it's, it's much more deep and connected than they like their policies or anything like that. It's not at all about their policies. And we know it's okay. not about their policies. They don't even know their policies. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so, and, and that's, that's where um, I think, you know, we have a little bit of work to do to, to find out how to get them to understand what they're actually doing instead of, uh, you know, because they believe they're, loving helpful people you know and it's like but obviously like somebody goes against this politician they're going to end up in a cage you know they don't they don't understand yeah they're missing that (laughs) loving helpful part of it with people who disagree with them right Right, loving loving helpful if you agree with us um you know in in a cage with bread and water if you don't and i just go and i you know i have my style of interacting with people that's not very conducive to like (laughs) <laughs> open discussion and debate which is why i do the show um but at the same time like i've i have gone through like the gamut of ways to talk to them and people mm-hmm. in general right like i i i've come from logic and reason i've uh, i've done the emotional appeals i've been nice about it i've used the socratic method i've even like i've even used uh Molyneux's, uh would you do that to me argument <laughs> right right the the you know i've i've tried it all Right. And and what I found is all tactics are equally ineffective. Right. And in my life, well, if all tactics are equally ineffective, I'm just going to be brass and in your face uh, because that's personally how I like to be in general. And so in, in my situation uh, with the black and red game. Oh, can't talk um, about that. OK. Um, my, I, I, I can say that. Um, it, 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 you know, voting is a game and, uh, they're emotionally attached to it. And, uh, there's, there's no, um, 
convincing them otherwise, right? <laughs> it's just just what it is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and and they and you know in in the general realm of voting for politicians, that's basically what it is. They get like you said, they get attached to a candidate. There's no talking them out of it. And as soon as 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 soon as you point out some you know some conflicting belief to give them a little bit of cognitive dissonance dissonance, um, all of a sudden, it's it's uh, you know blocked and deleted, right? Yeah, and and reported sometimes for inappropriate whatever it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I I still feel I mean not not that I want to support the game or the system, but the uh, you know I, my candidate was Ron Paul, right? And, oh yeah. Um, but it it wasn't just about Ron Paul. Like I had a chance to go meet Ron Paul and I was like, why? I mean, <laughs> he's a yeah. politician. Why, why do I care to go meet him? I mean, he's got great ideas. Like, and so the great idea he had was when he was in office, vote no on everything. Like yeah. he was, he was, his name was Dr. No. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, as, as far as politicians go, it was, you know, probably the best that there ever, ever been. <laughs> sort of. Right now, now I will I will grant you during the during the Ron Paul run, um, I was like I was a a fan from the sidelines, right? I said still not going to vote for him, still not going to support him, still a politician. But what I would tell people who were like on the fence, I would say like, well, if you want incrementally more freedom, here's the candidate for you, right? Like depending on depending on what you want in your life, there's a candidate out there. That can give you more freedom and and less government intrusion, uh, but I'm not going to vote for him because I don't vote, right? Like I don't I don't involve myself in that process. Uh, but if you do vote, you should probably vote for him. Um, and one of the one of the issue one of my personal issues, um, and and he's rebutted this um, in in speeches and whatnot. But even as Doctor No, right? He would he would slip. Um, what, what do they call it, like pork belly spendings um, into bills that were that were benefit that were benefits for his constituents in Texas. Right? right. Like a small group of people would benefit in his constituency and a large number of people would end up paying the cost to benefit the small group of people in his constituency. Right. And he would slip these into the bill and then vote no on it. So he could maintain his his status as Doctor No, um, but also you know, you yeah. know get the kickbacks from the constituency because he knew the bill was going to pass anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's well, kind of shady. Other, well, the only other part of that is there. There's people in his community that were paying for the for the stuff anyway, and so it's like they he felt well they deserve to get some of it back. It, yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like he was you know. Um, like like in Hawaii with with the with the rail project, you know they're they're stealing money from people on the North Shore that are never going to use it. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a little bit different situation, but I mean, yeah, he's still participating in the system, but he's he was just trying to limit the amount of theft from his community. It's like you know if you know they would never get anything back if he didn't slip it in the bill. Yeah, but he he could also introduce bills that restricted you know the the what was being taken, right? It would never pass. It would never pass. But it's more. It's a. It, if it's going to be a gesture, it might. It was might as well be well, a gesture that supports your overall position. It wasn't just a gesture. It was actually getting some of the tax money back for his community. All right. So the gesture was voting no on it because you know he knows that's never going to not go through. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. You know, the gesture was voting no, but the, everybody should make be making that gesture, and then some. You know, then some good would happen, but. Uh, well, but if yeah, everybody just, made that gesture, he'd get nothing back for his community. He'd have to, he'd have well, to start voting but in it, some things. But it wouldn't get stolen in the first place. The money wouldn't get stolen. Yeah, if everybody voted no. So, like I said, to, to, to me, like I, I hear the rebuttal. I understand what you're saying, and pr- principally, right? That's 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 an excuse for everyone to get state bennies in some form or fashion, right? Like you know, well, uh, I mean, you have to look at the side though that they're they're actually getting stolen from. So, you know, should they get some back? You know, if they can, uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, I mean, it's it's a big it's a big stupid game. But 
you know, <laughs> he, he's, he's in there playing it the best he can, right. uh, you know, making the least damage for his community as he can. So that's, I mean, I still say, you know, good for him, but you know, it's, it's one guy in, in a system that is designed to corrupt people. So yeah, I, I, I still think he wasn't corrupted by it, but, um, you know, how, how much good did he actually do? Well, apparently none because, you know, look at the situation we're in now. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've always said that too, as far as like in the system activism is concerned, right? He's probably the best example of an in the system like activist. And yeah. the best example we have in an, uh, of an in the system activist is one of mostly failure, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, he, he, he got people moving towards a, a liberty direction but unfortunately they stopped they stopped when they went oh no we can just all we need is the right candidate we need more ron pauls um to get in the system and yet if you look at if you look at the system the system could have cared less if ron paul was there or not oh yeah yeah i agree and there was a little bit of movement after after he failed um there was some candidates and stuff and there, and there still is a couple uh but the chances of it making a big difference are pretty slim so you know what what next is that's <laughs> what i'm worried about like uh i mean not so much for me i think in my lifetime i'll probably be all right like even if i have to leave the country um yeah but you know uh is i mean we're, we're kind of le leaning towards police state um china's working on all the technology they're actually implementing it already holy shit um, the facial recognition everywhere yeah. Well, and the, the worst part is is the uh, the grading system for for citizens. Get everybody gets a rank uh, based on how much boots they lick. See, in concept, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Implemented by the state is where it becomes like a bigger issue because one of the one of the uh, one of the topics even covered within like libertarian and anarchist circles is how do you know you can trust somebody right and then and one of these solutions has always come up whether or not you support it or not um or whether or not you support it is the reputation rankings right like if, if you screw someone over right everyone needs to know about it so everyone knows you know to to either be wary uh when conducting business with you or to not conduct business with you at all uh, and that has to be that has to be ubiquitous um, for it to work, right? Otherwise, you know, there, there there have been cases of people like entering the community, um, screwing somebody over, and then just moving on down the line within the community. Um, I'm talking about like the anarchist libertarian community, uh, moving on down the line where he's an unknown entity in a new anarchist group and then screwing people over there too. Right. So the, the fact the fact that they're doing, uh, you know, uh, you know, citizen rankings, um, I, I, I struggle because, like I said, I don't want it implemented by the state where, you know, they prevent you from doing things legally. Right. Like you're no longer allowed to have a job or you're no longer allowed to go shopping somewhere. Uh, but the mere fact. But it, but if you get caught shoplifting right at a Walmart and Walmart wants to blackball you and wants to let Target and Sears and Macy's and all the other, yeah. you know, Kmart's and let them know that you're a known shoplifter, right? That should be a ding on your reputation. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing, jaywalking the thing across China, the street shouldn't stop you from buying a soda, though. The thing about China is that um, the, they take to the lever, level of speech, too. So if you, if you say something bad about their government or about any politician, that they'll lower your rank and then you, you, just, you just won't be able to do anything in China. Yeah, that's why I have a problem with the state implementation of it, right? The the, the general concept I don't I don't think is all bad, um, but to use it to use it as like a sort of Damocles over a citizens, um, yeah. is is like I said taking a step back. like you know get you dinging your reputation where you can't go shopping because you jaywalked or said something bad about the state is a lot different also, than doing something wrong to a business. There should also be a, a way to get back to even again too. You know, and 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 who would want to do something good for the state to get even with the state? You know, like, join the military. Crap. Join, oh, join the military, or what was the? Uh, and so, and so, civil, you know, if, if someone did get caught shop, shoplifting in in a private run system, 
then yeah, just pay the money back, say you're sorry, and let that go public. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, it cares. would have to be. Like, it would right. have to. There would have to be some um, something above and beyond just paying it back because that's what normal people do. Yeah. It would have not, to be not to me. Know. I mean, it, uh, I I would accept pay it back and say you know make a public apology, and then if okay. you do it again. Then you'd have to do something more because, you know, kids make mistakes. Kids do stupid stuff. Kids, kids will steal until they get caught. And then and then and then think about it, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would I would take an apology. But then if they do it again, then the, then everybody knows not only they're a thief, but their word is no good. You know, <laughs> OK, that's fair. Then I remember um, it was I, I shoplifted a little bit through like. Uh, was it middle school and early high school um, because you know a bad influence of a friend and for a while the the bad influence of a friend was just like all right dude come to the store with me so you can grab the stuff <laughs> <laughs> and th- that way I won't get busted and I can be like a distraction while you run you know type of a thing so yeah he he uh, uh, my my one of my childhood friends stole a bunch of stuff on my behalf um, and then small things, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't it, a lot of stuff that I like, you know, shoplifted or whatever wasn't, um, wasn't even important or good or any way. It was just like, it was, it was small enough where I went, I wonder if I can get this, you know, if I could get away with that. And I don't think I never got like legally caught. And then I went and I just gave it up because it was no longer, the thrill was gone and it was no longer worth the risk, you know, to, to get caught. Mm-hmm. I also got detention once in high school for like popping the keys off the keyboard in the computer lab. <laughs> Cause I didn't even know that was a thing. And then uh, again, another bad influence from another friend was like, Oh look, look how easy this is. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> and so all of a sudden I had a fucking space bar in my backpack. <laughs> and they're like, then, you know, the, the Dean is like, why did you take the space bar? It just popped off and I didn't want to get caught. Like, you know, breaking it so i just i I just i just kept it sir (laughs) here you can have it back what the fuck am i gonna do with a space bar (laughs) so i i see your point and it hasn't happened in decades you know like i i i have a job now so i i buy what i want (laughs) or what i can afford no need for no need for that although i am okay with shoplifting um if 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 you're getting like screwed at the store, right? Like if if you get overcharged and they you know they won't turn it over, like you know a lot of times, what has happened in the past, um, like especially uh, clothing, they put that magnet thing on the clothing, and they're supposed to take it off at the register, and then if you walk out of this, if they don't take it off at the register and you walk out of the store with it and you get home, it's like, oh my god, this this thing is still on my stuff they won't give you a refund when you take it back into the store, even if you have the receipt, because they go, oh, no, you stole it, right? We take this off at the register. Uh, <laughs> and at that point, right, because because you've paid for something and they're not they're not making good on their end, I'm, I'm definitely okay uh, making good on your end as long as you don't get caught, right? Because there's nothing that can be done about that. Although I did have a boss, uh, you know, it happened to him, and he was he was a go-getter, man. Like he just he just didn't give a fuck, um, but he figured out a way to just rip the magnet thing right off, you know, without without spilling any of the the ink or whatever on his on his yeah. shirt. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know that was a thing, man. I thought you know you put it in the little magnet thing, it pops open. It's like there's always a way. Yeah. <laughs> he he was uh he was the personal responsibility guy, um you know before before I went through uh, the seminar like he. He 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 had that mentality innate in him, um, to the point where I watched him um, I watched him rip a MacBook in half because we we were he wanted he, it got like a nick or a scuff on it or whatever and he tried to take it back to Best Buy and he had like the extended warranty on it and you know so he goes like they won't exchange this with the scratch on it because it's not damaged enough. However. If I break it in half, and then right there in front of us all at the table in the restaurant, he snapped his MacBook in half. He goes, but if I break it in half, crunch, then they'll give me a brand new one. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and then he then he was smart enough to send his wife in. <laughs> My husband is so clumsy. Look what he did to the MacBook. 
<laughs> and showed up at work the next day with a brand new one. So, so you know, well, whatever you got to do to to make it right with the organization if they're trying to screw you. When when I went to uh, turn in or trade in my my phone, um, I I had the insurance on my phone, and and I went in there. I said, "Well, I've got this old phone," and she's like, "Why why don't you just throw it on the floor right now, and then you can get a brand new one?" <laughs> I was like, "Well, to me, that's kind of like fraud, but you know, yeah. whatever." <laughs> My buddy, my buddy did that to me with my first, my first iPad Mini. Um, similar situation, right? I, I bought it from him, and he had bought the extended warranty on it. So what he told me to do, he's like, "Dude, right before the extended warranty, you know, expires, smash it, and then take it back and just get a brand new one." I was like, "Why would I do that?" He's like, "Cause you get a brand new one." I'm like, "Yeah, but this one still works. <laughs> like, why would I? Why would I risk it? You know." <laughs> Why would I risk breaking like a perfectly good one um, when it still works? Just just to like just for the feeling of a brand new one. Like no, I'll yeah. just keep the one that's working. I eventually smashed yeah. it. And, you know, had to buy a new one anyway, way after the warranty. But still, yeah. like it's well, weird that people do that. But the one reason why would be for the battery. The ba- the batteries do get slightly less, you know, charge over time. Yeah, that's true. Um, so on my on my iPhone six. Uh, I had it for two or three years, and it even got to the point where Apple was throttling the processor because it, it wanted to save conserve the battery because the battery was weak. Yeah, and so There's a class so action then, suit about that. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, all I did, I took it to the to a, a battery replacement place, and they replaced it. I think it was like fifty or sixty bucks, something like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. For some people, yeah, that's a big expense, um, but. You know, for the cost of the phone, I thought it was totally worth it. So put put a new battery in it. It's fast as new and, you know, works great. So yeah. anyway, that was a good solution. And and that's what I would have done. Luckily, the, the phone that I have right now, the, the battery lasts a long time. Like, I, right. I don't do much on it except for use it as a phone for the most part. Right. Um, and I turn off the data. Like, I turn off the data and the Wi-Fi when it's in my pocket when I'm at work because there's no reason for it to be you know, checking my email every 15 minutes, but it usually, it usually lasts. I, if I wake up in the morning, I leave my house at like nine in the morning, I get home, um, sometimes after 10 or 11 o'clock at night and I'll still have 50 plus percent on my phone. Right. Right. I'm like, Fucking fantastic. So even if the battery, and it's an old ass phone too. So even if the battery starts to fade, um, I'm not, You're I'm not, not too concerned. <laughs> yeah. I'll just buy a new phone. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else? I feel like we've, diverted we i don't even remember where we started oh yeah okay because okay. you, you were psychic. psychic and blue yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm kind of stupid so i forget things but I, but i make up for it in my psychic ability <laughs> <laughs> and, and i was i will say the, the the one last consolation that i give like that general concept in the class um is i had a um it, it's it's kind of related to like the the philosophy of like the secret if you've read the book or seen that movie um, I had a discussion with a, another friend of mine about it, and he his version of the secret is that you can sit and meditate and things will manifest in your life, right? Like if, if you just sit in your living room on the floor <laughs> and you just think about a couch, right, and you just you just focus all your mental energies on a couch, right, like just the perfect couch for you, like bread red you know red and gold and, and whatever and big poof, poofy cushions and the right you can just sit on the floor at some point like a couch will be delivered to your door right that's <laughs> the way he looks at it and you will it won't it, you won't understand how the couch got delivered to your door like someone just like oh dude we just had this couch we're just going door to door seeing if anybody wanted it and like oh oh yeah i've i've been you know i've been working on my secret technique right um, <laughs> and and my general philosophy like you know towards that way of thinking is not so much that you can sit on the floor and meditate um, but that as you're operating out in the real world if you continue to focus on this couch right you will be your your brain power will be more aware and be directed towards like items and you will see the couch you know that you've been thinking of um, and then you will have the opportunity to acquire it right (laughs) Right. It's not like it's just gonna like magically show up on your floor, but you'll be more aware. 
Um, so the, you know, the other example they give is like, you know, you, you, what the secret is like, you just constantly focus on a blue feather because blue feathers are rare. Just blue feather, blue feather, blue feather, blue feather. Like all, all your, all your, uh, um, you know, like non-used brain processing powers, just blue feather, blue feather. Um, and all of a sudden you'll see a blue feather, right? And like, Oh, this is so real. Um, but the reality is blue feathers exist out there in the world, right? And you just not in tune with, you know, that frequency of blue feather uh, until you start thinking about it. And then you then you're more aware when it shows up in your life, right? It's it's, it's always been there. It will always be there. But now you've noticed it for the first time. Hmm. Um, kind of like my hat, <laughs> right? Um, the, the, when, when, when we met up the other day, like I, I had a hat that was like, you know, from the, the second stage of the Psy seminar classes. And it's one of my favorite hats. I wear that hat all, all the time. And the, the logo or the, the writing on the hat, it's black on black. So you don't notice it, right? It's just, but I wear it. I've worn that hat, you know, dozens of times around you and within our group of friends. And cause it's just, it's just one of my favorite hats. Um, and then after going through the class, you go like, nice hat, right? Cause all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're consciously aware of it. And so you notice it. That, that's, that's how I would, that's how I would interpret, um, that aspect of things. Sure. All right. So for me, let's jump into, jump into what a busy week it's been for me. Um, so the, what last week, um, after I recorded the show, because, uh, you, you were, you know, uh, otherwise occupied. So I did the sh- solo show. Uh, I got a, yet another fucking parking ticket, um, by where I, where I park my moped at work. And whereas I understand the legality of where I choose to park my moped, um, it still, it still shouldn't be illegal. And if I could get like a jury of fucking 12 or, you know, just one moped rider who parks their bike on the sidewalk, right. That law would be nullified straight away. Um, because that's just where we park it. Like, you know, no big deal. Not in the way, not obstructing traffic, not nothing, nothing like that. Just that's, you know, there's no place for mopeds to park. So we lock it up wherever we can find a place to lock it up against the pole, against a tree, against wherever. Um, And so this time they, you know, this is like, I went eight months um, without receiving one ticket where I parked my moped. And now in the past three months, I've gotten three. So the first letter that I sent, um, you know, was, this is stupid. This is where everyone parks their moped, do the right thing. Um, and just dismiss this and stop harassing us. Right. Basically. And the second letter that I sent for the second ticket was, uh, I'm not paying your ticket. If you want your 70 bucks, you know, for the, for these two moped parking tickets, um, fucking take off your silly robe and come take it like a man kind of a thing. Um, so I'm, I haven't even heard back on that one, but I'm, it's probably, you know, the, the, the likelihood of them dismissing it is so minuscule that I'm not even like, it's just, they're going to convict. Um, so this third ticket, um, what I'm planning on doing is since they keep leaving their documentation on my moped, um, I'm going to return their documentation and then send them an invoice, um, for the retrieval and return of their documentation. Um, and I'm going to charge them 150 bucks. Like, I, I think that's where I, I've landed on that. So along with this ticket and their, their envelope and, you know, my stamp power, I'm going to send a letter uh, indicating that they, this is the third time that they've left their, their documentation. Um, and now there's a document retrieval and return fee associated with that. So I'm going to send them an invoice and I'm going to make sure to put like, you know, the line down at the bottom of it, um, basically saying, you know, like, you know, failure to pay this within 30 days may result in collection action or something to that effect. Um, and then I'm going to, and then I'm going to like, since they're obviously not going to pay it and I, oh my God, if they pay it, what a boon that would be. Um, but obviously since they're not going to pay it, uh, I'm going to then maybe make a phone call or two, um, to the, to the accounts payable department and just see if I can't get, uh, get a check cut to me for, for the retrieval and return, um, of their documentation. So we'll, we'll call it uh, Richie Rich's retrieval and return service. Um, trademark registered or not who cares right um but what what do you think about that idea mc uh not whether or not it's going to be effective right but just as a way to you know um, monkey wrench um and and play their silly game 
um, the 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 most fun way possible, <laughs> or or any um, other ideas that could be as fun or better. Yeah, good luck. It, so, it sounds like you're having fun with it. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. If you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. That's what I say, right? I'm like, that's that's my like. I think I'm the only person who ends up in court with a smile, <laughs> right? Because I I know generally because uh, what I'm about to say next is like you know contradicts that but generally i go in there you know no if you go in there you have to know that you've already lost right even if you even if you win the case you've already lost your time your energy you know whatever opportunity cost of um what you could have been doing instead so my general my general frame of mind is like to go in there and to make them remember me um and and make their day as bad as they're making mine right um and unfortunately, I was in court uh, this past Thursday uh, again for the the driving without a license. Um, and I think I yes Thursday Thursday was a turning point um, because the time frame that I'm now operating in um, is no longer conducive to my general strategy. Um, so I was in there uh, three weeks I think before last week Thursday. And up and and up until that point, everything was like perfect. Like I I knew what to expect when I went in there. I knew what the outcome was likely going to be. I knew when I would be back. Um, and so like in August, right between August and this past Thursday, they were supposed to appoint me conflict counsel from the public defender's office. Um, and they, that's that's like my constitutionally appointed attorney. Um, because the public defender's office withdrew from the case, which I expected and anticipated and planned for from the beginning, right? Because I, I knew that eventually if we got to using uh, a constitutional defense of why I don't need permission to drive, um, that the public defender's office won't, will have none of that. Uh, and because they will have none of that, I, I had to, I strung them along all the way and then like, you know, whipped out the constitutional stuff right at the very end. Um, so I can like see how far we can get bef- before I needed to do that. So they had three weeks to to find and appoint me conflict counsel, um, and then going into court this past Thursday was just supposed to be like, um, here's your here's your new attorney, and next time you come in, we're then we're definitely going to trial. Um, so I go in there Thursday. Luckily, I didn't spend a lot of time in there, but I go in there on Thursday, and they go like, we haven't found anyone for you yet. And I went. Like, you know, he's like, oh, there's just one more thing we need to do. And then they like one more document to fill out. And then you get your conflict counsel. Um, and I went, well, that, you know, all right, well, that's kind of BS. Um, so we, 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 we go through the rigmarole and then they want like another month, right? The judge, the judge wants me to schedule out like another month um, for them to find an attorney to appoint to me. And I went, well, that's, that's stupid because I, uh, I go in for surgery in a month like august 15th i go in for surgery excuse me and i was hoping to have everything cleared up before then right i was like i get my attorney this week two weeks come back later go to trial i lose or whatever maybe win we'll see um and it'll be done like i'll have it all done before surgery and the judge goes well that's uh, that's obviously not going to happen we need more time than that to find you conflict counsel schedule something for after your surgery well after my surgery i'm planning on moving like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I wanted to wrap this up. This is the last case on the docket. And I am split, gone, uh, fulfilling my destiny and my uh, uh, agreement um, to the Free State Project by moving to New Hampshire. Um, and we're we're aiming for, you know, the beginning part of September. Like, the first week of September, I want all my shit loaded on a truck um, and then shipped to a boat and then, you know, loaded off on the other side. Uh, and now, because of this new timetable, um, that's going to monkey wrench that plan. So what I may end up having to do is even after I get my conflict counsel, um, I may have to concede this particular case and just, you know, either either plea out or plead guilty and accept whatever, uh, you know, accept whatever fine or or sentence that comes with that um, just to make the timetable. So I'm very I'm very sad about that and conflicted um, because I want both. Right. I wanted I wanted to monkey wrench this all the way to the very end and demand my jury trial and all the other fun stuff that I talked about before. And at the same time, I want to get the hell out of here. So advice, MC thoughts, (laughs) just general fucking nonsense. 
Mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I, I really don't want to take a plea deal. I don't. I never did. Like, I advocate against it. It was never, it was never my goal uh, in the beginning to, you know, to, to, to plea out or do anything like that. I wanted to, I wanted to fight this tooth and nail all the way to the end. Uh, but I may have to, I may end up saving that fight for another day and another, another geographic location, I guess, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Cause when, one of the other things I said, it was like, let's just set it for trial, right? You guys have three weeks to find me an attorney. Let's just go to trial when he gets there. Right. Why would, why are you know, I want my trial. Um, and they're like, no, we can't schedule it for trial because he needs time to prepare. I'm like, bullshit. No, he doesn't. He's not. He's barely even going to look at my file until the day he shows up in court. Right. Like I'm, I'm aware of how they operate. Um, and then he's not going to understand what the goal was. Right. And, and whatever. So I, I tried to get him set up for trial. And then the judge wants me to schedule it out a month. And even after I explain all this nonsense to him about like my, my timetable, my time frame, and going in for surgery, um, he goes like, you know, as the defense, you're getting billed for this time. So this doesn't even count towards your speedy trial. Right. And I go, that's, you know, BS, like that's nonsense too. And I go like, well, if I'm being billed for it, right. If you're charging this to me, fucking wrap it up in three weeks, then, you know, give me, you know, I want I want my attorney here in two weeks. You guys have already had three, take another two and, and get one for me especially if you're billing me for it, right? If this, if, if you're charging this to me, um, and then luckily like the, the court clerk or whatever stepped up and said that, you know, there's an, there's an opening, um, like a week before I go in for surgery. So I, I, you know, I, I negotiated it down to like three weeks. So I get a hearing before surgery, but still not the trial. So I still have to you know, go in for surgery and then like hobble my ass to trial whenever they schedule that for, um, and then hopefully you have that wrapped up before, you know, before the move day. Um, but yeah, how, how's that? Like they're, res- they're responsible for finding the attorney for me. They're supposed to have already have had it done. And yet they're going to, they're charging me for, with my speedy trial for, for them not getting off their ass and doing it. So yeah. Um, one of the few times, right. Where I was, I'm going to say blindsided. Like, you know, like I said, usually I go in there. I know I've, I've been there enough. I know what to expect. Um, I, I mentally prepared for, you know, this situation and the scenario. Um, I prepare my family. You know, if, if, if there's a chance that I'm not coming home, I go like, there's a chance I'm not coming home. Um, but up to this point, it's always been like, I'm pretty much going to come home. No worries about it. Um, so we'll see. So yeah, that was, that was a, a no fun, um, no fun experience because it was just a complete waste of time, right? Like, you know, I, I could have easily done that from the phone, uh, you know, phone, phone that in. Oh, what's that? You don't have an attorney for me? Oh, okay, you're going to get one in three weeks? Okay, all right, the, go, go ahead and take care of it. I'll to see you later. Bye. Right, but no, um, com- complete waste of time, complete waste of a day um, to, to show up and, and, and do that. Um, so, yeah, just over for the first time in a long time, just overall frustrated with that process. Right on. Um, get into headlines. Sure. Headline. See, jury nullifies Georgia weed law, finds man not guilty despite admittedly growing marijuana. A headline. Woman sentenced to 15 days in jail because she and her kids collected conch shells. A headline. The solution to poverty is opportunity, not charity. A headline. Uh, IRS building walls to keep Americans in. And finally, headline, uh, how the gig economy empowers unschoolers. Uh, any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? Anywhere is good. All right. Uh, let's do this one then. Uh, we'll, we'll just start from the beginning for now since we, we talked about hopefully me getting a jury and then not working out. But this, this is the kind of stuff that I would expect to have happen. Um, jury nullifies Georgia weed law, finds man not guilty despite admittedly growing marijuana. Uh Giovanni Mondrea McCoy is a medical marijuana patient in a state where the plant is still illegal and was recently in court facing charges of possession and manufacturing. McCoy grew cannabis for his own personal consumption to treat severe headaches and other pain he has suffered since he spent two weeks in a coma in 2003 after being severely beaten. Instead of attempting to fight the case on the grounds that the evidence against him was wrong, McCoy instead argued that the laws were wrong. He was honest about his experience and his medical use of cannabis during the trial, and the jury 
acquitted his case despite the evidence against him. Uh, McCoy's lawyer, Catherine Bernard, said that McCoy is not the type of person who belongs behind bars. Uh, the jury appreciated his honesty throughout the case, including testimony at trial and, and statements to police, and recognized that a good, hard-working man living a quiet life and not bothering anyone didn't deserve a felony conviction for his actions, Bernard said. This is just the most recent case of a jury nullification victory for cannabis users, but this strategy is becoming increasingly popular. Uh, for those who don't know, jury nullification is basically the right for any juror to not only judge the facts of the case, but to also actually judge the validity of the law itself. This means that if a jury feels that a defendant is facing an unjust charge, they actually have the right to rule in the defendant's favor, even if they are technically guilty under the court's standards. Considering the fact that most of the nonviolent offenses on the books today are extremely unpopular for a variety of reasons, you would think that jury nullification would be household knowledge or even taught in schools. However, this is a very well-guarded secret, with many judges actually preventing the defense from informing juries of their right to nullify laws that they feel are unjust. In fact, in 2016, New Hampshire House became the first state in the nation to consider a bill that would require courts to inform juries of their right to vote not guilty when the verdict would uh, produce an unjust result. Attorney Catherine Bernard could not be immediately reached for comment, but posts on her Facebook page suggest that the judge attempted to block her from discussing jury nullification in court. Uh, today, I quote Article 1, Section 1, Paragraph 11 of the Georgia Constitution to the jury. The judge interrupted and told them it was not a correct statement of the law. The judge took an oath to uphold that Constitution. What's going on here, Bernard wrote. Uh, it's a sad con it's, it is sadly common for judges to pre prevent talk of jury nullification in their courtrooms as cannabis active Ed Fortu, a.k.a. Uh, New Jersey weed man, learned during one of his jury, jury nullification victories. Uh, Fortune was passionate in the closing arguments of his 2012 trial, wearing a shirt that says marijuana, it's okay, it's just illegal, and telling the jury that he'd been munching on edibles throughout the whole trial. Uh, then at one point, he was nearly held in contempt of court for trying to advance his jury nullification argument. Uh, in the years since, in the, in the since Forcian has faced constant harassment from the authorities and has been arrested on numerous occasions. Uh, luckily, he was still able to win over the jury earlier this year when, they, when he was found not guilty after spending 400 days in jail on trumped-up witness tampering charges, uh, which related to a prior marijuana case. Uh, end of the article. Uh, your thoughts, MC, on, on uh, you know marijuana being legal and or jury nullification in general? Yeah, jury nullification is awesome. Um, I don't know. Maybe they should make a movie about this guy. <laughs> like everybody needs to know about this. Um, uh, NJ Weedman or the or the uh, jury, jury. Well, situation. I don't know if they need to make up a, a better situation, but the the marijuana thing seems to be. Uh, an, an okay story right so anyway I, what i'm saying is they need to make a movie about jury nullification just so you know the rest of the uh people in the, in the country understand how it works and, and how good it is yes it's it's one of the few areas where i go like okay if you're going to be an in the system activist again and and fight um this is a good place this is an okay place okay place for me um Unfortunately, I don't want to go through the process of getting on the like the jury register roll, so I can't participate directly. Um, but anytime someone goes like, "Oh, I have jury duty," I go, "Hold on a second, let me give you some literature, so at least you have a better understanding of what to expect and what you can do while you're in there, uh, and maybe and maybe get some get some things nullified." Which is another reason why I'm so adamant about getting uh, a jury trial. In my case, right? Because how do you how do you change the law when a bench judge isn't gonna isn't going to consider the the justice of the situation, uh, but only the law itself, right? It's impossible. Um, and the the only consolation I guess that I take is there was a there was a guy ahead of me in court on Thursday, um, you know, like he got recalled for an arraignment or whatever, and had to call the public defender's office and yada yada yada, so on and so forth. Um, but it turns out he was on his like 12th um, driving without a license offense. Um, <laughs> and at, at some point where I go, whoa, 12. Okay. We then, then they go like you, your state, your next status is for waiver demand jury, right? Like, you know, wh whether or not you're going to get a jury trial. 
So I was thinking, damn, all I got to do is get caught like 11 more times and finally they'll give me a jury trial and then, may, and then maybe something, maybe we can make something out of this, you know? <laughs> and if, if each, if each offense takes like a year to adjudicate, right. Uh, I'm looking at being like damn near 50 by the time we get this b- before I get what I'm demanding now. Right. And, 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 oh yeah. So in my case, the judge made like, he slipped up once, um, as I was, as I was walking over, cause he said the same thing for me. He's like, you know, the next will be status. Um, you know, I, I, cause I, I asked at one point, like, and when do I get my jury trial? Right. Cause I know he, he's not aware of what I'm trying to ask for. Um, and I don't think he knew that I didn't get one. Um, because at some point he said something like, you know, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll have a chance for your waiver demand jury, you know, next time or whatever. And I, as I was walking away, I just kind of went, well, you better believe it's going to be demand. There ain't no waiver there. I'm demanding it, you know, type of a thing. And then I went, you know, to, to collect my paperwork. But yes, this is, this is, this is why, um, this is the, the main reason why I, I advocate number one for jury notification, but always to like, to take it to trial and see how far you can get. Cause if you don't put up a defense, then you've always lost, right? If you put up a defense, you still might lose, but at least you gave it a shot. And if you get a jury trial, um, you may end up with someone on the jury, right, who's like-minded, if you're lucky, um, who understands, you know, the, the concepts of jury notification and the concepts of corpus delecti uh, and the idea of, of you know, of, of no victim, no crime, and, you know, nullifying bad laws, right? You get them on the jury, and then, then you really have a shot, right? Then you, can, then you can be honest with what you did, Right. And then make the claim that, no, there was nothing wrong about it. It's just illegal. There's no there's no vi- there's no rights violation or property damage or anything like that. Um, it's just that their their laws are wrong. Uh, like the article says, the laws were wrong. Um, and then you have a chance to overturn that law. And if you do that enough times, um, then the law itself becomes nullified. Like, you know, like, you know, the concept says, then you can get busted for it and taking a court for it. But if the jury won't convict, then they'll stop enforcing it because now it's just a waste of their time and energy to try to prosecute something that they know is going to get, um, you know, uh, not guilty, even if all the, even if everything's in their favor. Um, and I'm sure the prosecutors never, never like their win percentages going down like that. MC. <laughs> yeah. It's something that's, that's weird to me is the, the, the prosecutors and why they care about, their numbers and stuff, but yeah, because uh, it's how you I, I get care. promotions and raises. Yeah, I, I care not to care about it because it's just it's a it's a messed up system anyway. So, um, anyway, do you have uh, anything else you want to go over? Uh, let's see. That might take we too got... long. That might. Let's just do the next one. Uh, because this one is also stupid, right? Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> Woman sentenced to fifteen days in jail because she and her kids collected conch shells. Uh, families from all over the country are flocking to America's coast this summer to soak up some sunshine, drink margaritas, and play in the surf. Thousands of these families will collect seashells as well. One Texas woman's desire to collect conch shells, however, has landed her a two-week stint in a Florida jail. Uh, Diana Caldelario Fisco Gonzalez, I wonder if that had anything to do with it, of Dallas, Texas, was arrested after a neighbor near her rented beach house called police when she saw her and her children collecting conch shells. Uh, Fisco Gonzalez clearly did not know the conches were protected and was gathering them to give out as gifts to her friends back home. However, when a see-something-say-something citizen spotted the evil shell-collecting mother, uh, they reported her to the police. Uh, Yes, collection of the queen conch in Florida is illegal because they are a protected species. However, instead of simply telling the otherwise innocent woman that the shells were illegal and she could be fined or arrested for collecting them, this model citizen felt it necessary to involve the force of the state. Sadly, calling the police on people for issues that can be resolved without them is becoming more common in today's society as snitch citizens report otherwise innocent people for things like walking through the neighborhood while black. Uh, when police arrived, it was clear that Fisco Gonzalez did not know collecting the shells were against the law. She was outside in front of her rented beach house, washing the shells with buckets and a hose in broad daylight. She was not attempting to hide or otherwise conceal any of her actions. Instead of simply informing Fisco Gonzalez that the shells were illegal to possess and asking her to put them back, Officer John Martino with the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission arrested the woman. 
What's more, the conches were all still alive and could have been quickly returned to the ocean without incident. But illustrating the entirely arbitrary nature of the arrest and the utter lack of discretion, this hero cop took his time and posed for a photograph with the shells before returning them to their habitat. Uh, Fiscal Gonzalez was thrown in jail and charged with collecting the protected shells. After spending a Jay and Dale, she pled no contest on July 13th at the Moreau County Courthouse, according to the Miami Herald. She apologized to Judge Mark Wilson, saying she didn't know it was illegal to state the state protected to take the state protected mollusks. The judge then sentenced Fiscal Gonzalez to 15 days in jail for collecting the shells and gave her six months probation. She will also have to pay a $500 fine as well as $268 for court costs. Uh, Fiscal Gonzalez will have to report back to Florida on August 10th to begin her jail sentence. Uh, while Fiscal Gonzalez goes to jail for collecting she sells, cops like Rafael Martinez Jr. can be found guilty of child rape and get no jail time at all. Uh, no one here is arguing this woman should have been collecting a protected species from the ocean without accountability. However, it was entirely clear that she was not acting with criminal intent and she was doing something that thousands of children do every single day on the beach. A fine or warning would have certainly deterred her and her children from a future shell collecting, uh, but these deterrents were not used. Instead, Fiscal Gonzalez will sit in jail, costing taxpayers money because common sense in the land of the free has become a word no one should say. Uh, your, your thoughts on this, MC, number one, about the act itself, and then how ridiculous, in my opinion, the, the consequences are. <laughs> I, I was actually hoping you wouldn't pick this one because uh, I, read, I read a lot of the comments below, and, and the, the article makes it uh, clear that uh, uh, Fiscal Gonzalez didn't know or whatever that, that, it was a, that it was an innocent act that, you know, but I mean, I don't know. Like maybe there were signs around, maybe there wasn't, maybe she did know and she didn't care. Um, and so like half of me says, Oh, I care about these shells too. But the other half says, I really don't give a shit about those shells. So, you know, it's just, it's to me, this one is just none of my business. Um, I don't think she should be in jail. Uh, I think, I, I think, think that's probably, the point. I think they're probably right that, um, a warning probably would have worked, but who knows? I don't know if she's like, if, she, if that's something they planned on doing or, you know, it's like, who knows? But uh, making an, an example of her for, for doing this, you know, she's, she's from Texas. She's not even from that area. So, yeah, um, you know, it's, pro it's, you know, it's probably an innocent act, but, you know, I wasn't there. I don't really know. Well, let, let's, uh... Let's call it an innocent act because even if it's illegal, right, who owns the shells? Is it state-owned shells because they decided it to be a protected species? It's on a public beach, right? It wasn't a private beach with private ownership of wildlife. So, you know, we can argue that aspect of it. I just, I just give her the benefit of the doubt, right, and say, like, you know, what basically what the article said. Uh, if you can get the shells back and you say, like, Hey, you can't do that. You, you, you know, you shouldn't like, you know, you, you shouldn't park there. Or you shouldn't take that. Or, you know, that's a protected species. Cause even here in Hawaii, right. We have, we have, um, protected species and protected wildlife, um, around the Island. Right. But if you get like, you know, if, if you see a protected species like laid up on the beach and you get close to take a picture, right. You've like just broken the law because you can only be within like a certain number of feet from that protected species, but who cares, right? What, what's the damage done? Um, like, like, uh, again, I go back to my case, which is, you know, in, in order for there to be an actual crime, there needs to be a victim and damage. Um, and in this case, who's the victim and what's the damage. And then even if you say like victim and damage is, does she really need to go to jail for like, for, for doing something, um, illegal, but as a mistake, Right. The, where was where's the where's the malicious intent? Was she going to sell them? Was she trying to collect, you know, which is going to be like black market ivory, you know, type of thing where, oh, my God, we got these protected seashells. And, you know, the fact the, the you know, as the article says, the fact that she was in the in the front yard just cleaning them right in broad daylight um, would be stupid if you're trying to hide the fact that, you know, you're, you've got black market goods on you. you like you do that shit inside in the dark, if anything. Um, so I. Based on that, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt and say, like, 15 days is, is nonsense um, for what I'm going to call not even a crime in the first place. 
Um, yeah. And the hero cop, there's a picture in the article of like the hero cop with the shells. Oh, look at this. I'm t- look at me. I'm touching the protected species. Cause I, I can, I can do it for the picture and the publicity, but you can't, uh, because you're just a lowly citizen. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Nope. Wrap it up. All right. Thank nothing. you very much. Thanks. What? Okay. <laughs> just just double checking if you were ready to wrap it up. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com, Facebook.com slash Anarchist Experience. Uh, if you want to join in on the discussion, uh, we do it in the groups. More show prep there. Uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash Anarchist Experience. Uh, join us on the Twitters. Uh, Twitter.com slash the Anarchist EXP. Uh, if you want to contribute to the show financially, we do that through Patreon, patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.